Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises making positive impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. My guest today is Petia. Help me with your last name. Abdul no, Razak. It's okay. Abdul Razak. Okay. <laughs> Abdul Razak. Um, I met Pet- Petty actually. I met her through some work we were doing at our old high school in right. Guyana. That's right. We went to the same high school. I, I was a couple of years before Petty. <laughs> <laughs> Just like two. Just a couple. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time to, to Absolutely. chat today on Fostering Solutions. So why don't you tell the audience about yourself? Who is Petia? Yes. So I was thinking, you know, I, I always answer this question differently, but I was thinking today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it <laughs> much different than I usually do it. And, and thinking of two words to describe myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I were to describe myself in two words, I would say that I'm a responsible rebel. I think that's who. Huh. Yes, I think that sounds like a contradiction. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because when you think of a rebel, you think of somebody who like doesn't follow any rules or, you know, they're just out to break everything. And that's not really who I am. I definitely am um, not a sort of, you know, in the box sort of person. I do like to push boundaries. I do like to, you know, challenge the status quo, but not in a way that necessarily is harmful to myself or anybody else. Right. And, and when I was thinking of, 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 the, of the question, um, it reminded me of what my grandmother said when I went home to Guyana to visit her in 2013 um, before she passed. And she was saying, you know, I'm not at all surprised that you turned out the way you turned out, because even as a baby, you just always did your own thing. Like you were never interested in. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell you a story that illustrates that and why I think it's a good way for me to describe myself. So I went to the crash, which I'm sure, you know, that was like the baby preschool schooling Guyana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, they sent me to school really early because I was really smart. So two, two and a half years old. And every single day, my grandmother would go to pick me up. And every single day, it was the same complaint. So the class is facing, say the class is facing east, I would turn my chair around and face west. And I would be <laughs> teaching my own class. <laughs> and it wasn't like, I, you know, so I would pay attention up to the point where you know, I, I was learning. It's not that I wasn't learning. I was definitely learning, but I learned quickly and then I became bored. And when I was done, they weren't with the teacher. You. Yeah. Exactly. I would turn around and do my own thing. Like every single day I was two and a half. <laughs> so she crazy. said, you know, that's who you always were. And I'm not surprised that you have grown up and you pretty much have remained that kind of person. Like, you know, you still do everything that needs to be done right but at the same time you just kind of like dance to the beat of your own drum and it's that's who you are <laughs> that's awesome. that right awesome. right right but aside from that I would say that um responsible rebel yes but there are other things that that I'm even more proud of I definitely think that I'm a great friend very loyal I have the ability to connect people mm-hmm. right and so for whatever reason because of my personality different kinds of people are drawn to me and because of that, with me in the center, I'm then able to say, hey, you can, you should meet this person that I know, because I think you guys would be a great connection. I was actually doing that um, two days ago with, with a cousin of mine and somebody else that I know that he saw me make a post on Instagram. And he was like, hey, I want to meet her. And that's like constantly happening to me. You know what I'm saying? So I like to think that um, that is definitely something that I'm good at. Um, and definitely someone
someone who has always loved learning, meeting new people, you know, just widening my horizons. You know, my dad would always say, you know, because you know X, Y, Z, that doesn't mean you know everything. So <laughs> go learn something else. <laughs> Typical Guyanese, right. You know, it's like the minute you stop learning, then you just, you know, you, you, you as a person that, that impedes your growth. So I'm always Absolutely. open to new things, new experiences, new people. Yeah, so that's pretty wonderful, much me, I think. Wonderful. <laughs> so you're in digital marketing. Why don't you talk right. about what that is and just how you got into this career? Sure. Um, so digital marketing <laughs> is what marketing has become, right? And the interesting part of this is when I graduated college, it was just the beginning of the whole digital marketing um, explosion. So all of my my you know college work was more on the traditional marketing sort of things. And then when I graduated, it was the beginning of digital marketing. And it was completely a sort of learn on the job kind of career because there was no real preparation for this when I was in school, right? Now things are changing but to take take me back before that interesting story when I went to college I was going to be a pharmacist people are always like what like we can't picture you being a pharmacist <laughs> um, so I went to Simmons College in Boston it's an all-women's liberal arts um, college now it's Simmons University and my track was chemistry pharmacy so so Simmons had a relationship with the Mass College of Pharmacy and so you did your four years at Simmons and then you automatically went to Mass College of Pharmacy for one year mm -hmm. um, and at the end of it you you know you were a pharmacist and I I, I did it and you know, that decision just based on the fact that I like chemistry in school, right? So what do yeah. you do when you're 16 or whatever? You say, oh, this is, you know, everybody wants to be a doctor or whatever because they love science, right? I'm stuck with it for um, two, two and a half years. And just for some reason, it's just was not, I was just not enjoying it. I don't know if it was the labs. I don't know, I, whatever it, it, it was, part of it was the labs, the four hour labs, I couldn't take it. <laughs> and so I went, I went to, to my advisor and I said, look, I don't know if this is what I want to do anymore. Like it's, you know, I'm halfway through my college career. Like what, you know, what am I supposed to do? Do I just stick with it? Will I begin to love it again? What? And she said, you know what? Yes, I like this. She said, this is the whole reason for you being here. She was like, it's quite okay. Many people don't finish where they start. It's part of the journey. So what I'm going to have you do since it's like halfway right through is go to summer school and just take different things that you would not, not have taken because it's not part of your prescribed um, and, you know, she she was a different type of college counselor because most of them try to, like, <laughs> tell you, no, you, you know, stay, whatever. You gotta stay there. <laughs> yeah, but she and I, I will forever be grateful for her. Um, yeah, so she said, go to summer school and take different things just to, like, see, you know. And I, did, I took, a, I think I took, like, a music course and a film course and a marketing course. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain it, but something magical happened in that marketing class okay. that summer. And so I, then I changed. <laughs> That was great advice then. It yeah. was great advice. It was great advice. Um, and so again, graduating from college, I, I stayed in Boston and I got a job with the Boston Globe's website that's called boston.com. Now the Boston Globe was one of the first, if not the first newspaper to digitize mm -hmm. um, the newspaper. I think they were the first one. And so they took the Globe online. Okay. And then the New York Times followed after that. Um, yes. And so we were pretty much kind of like the, the guinea pigs, the boston.com crew. It was very cool because we were the startup, but with the backing of the more established Boston right. Globe. Um, and so the goal was to, to somehow um, turn boston.com into a revenue producer <laughs> for the globe. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we started. We started by, you know, 
first creating an online directory of businesses, that part was free. But then if you wanted to have a mini microsite listed where somebody can click on your name and go to this mini microsite, then you had to pay for that. And it was just mm -hmm. fun because we were making it up as we went along. Like nobody had done this So before. did you have to learn um, any kind of like computer science? Um, very basic. Yes, very basic because they were graphic designers who had been doing this that actually worked um, on the sites to build them. But for someone like me who was, so I started my first position was inside sales. I had to know the basics to explain to these business owners exactly what was going to happen, right? Um, and then in school, I did take, was it Netscape? Oh my God, Netscape, I think. It was a basic programming language. So I had some idea of you know how the basic programming worked, but in terms of actually monetizing all of this and getting people to pay <laughs> for an online presence, that yeah. part was brand new. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so that was my first position. And then I moved on to work in what they call the major accounts department. And so these were the larger corporations, not the small businesses. So your Dunkin' Donuts, your Fleet Bank, that was a huge bank in Boston that no longer exists. Um, and they were paying big bucks to be listed in now the sections of the online newspaper. So your real estate section, your banking section, that sort of thing. Um, and that's when I really had to learn because it was a lot of analytics. So these people were paying for impressions. That's what people paid for at that point mm -hmm. in time. And so if we promised them a million impressions for the month, <laughs> you better believe we had to deliver it because, you know, they, they were our first customers. And so, you know, I, I had to monitor numbers, move, you know, the ads around the site to make sure that we were delivering, make recommendations, maybe on places where I thought the ads would perform better. And I mean, it was just such a great time because, you know, it, it was exciting. It was brand entrepreneurial, new, for sure. Very entrepreneurial, yeah. which I ended up being an entrepreneur myself. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I ended up in the digital marketing space, and I just pretty much stuck with it. Okay. I, you know, and 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 the whole evolution of things. Like sometimes I laugh at what digital marketing was then with the tile ads and the banner ads, and everything that it has become now. I mean, it has really the past twenty years have been a very interesting journey. Yeah. So what hurdles, if any, did you have to overcome? Of course, they're always there. They're always hurdles, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so my my vision and goal for myself when when I started working was definitely to climb the corporate ladder, right? Like being an entrepreneur wasn't really something that I I said I wanted to do. It was you know I'm gonna climb this corporate ladder and get as far as I could go. Um, and twice along the way I had setbacks because of downsizing. So September 11th downsizing. Um, and then again, at the end of 2008, 2009, with the rest of the world downsizing. And, and the difference, what I did with both of those opportunities. So when it happened in 2011, I had been thinking of going back to school to get my MBA anyway. And after six months of interviews, 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 more interviews, making it to the last round, not getting hired, I said, you know what, six months, this is six months of wasting time. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go to grad school, get my MBA. Maybe that's the thing that's going to make me even that more marketable. So I did that then. And I, you know, I did end up going back to work. But 20, 2008, 2009 was different because I felt like, you know what, I've been working for quite some time now. And I, I'm starting to see some trends in what happens in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. um, many times the people who are decision makers, they're making decisions that impact your life. 
And you clearly can see that some of these decisions are not the right decisions, but nobody wants to hear from you. <laughs> right. No one cares, right? Nobody yeah. cares, right? So you're sitting in these meetings and you're hearing these decisions being made and you're like, that makes absolutely no sense. And how can't you see this makes any sense? But guess what? They're okay. I'm the one that gets laid off when things don't go that right. So I, has, I said to myself, you know what, enough. I think I know enough at this point. Let me just try to see if I can do something on my own, whether it's just consulting or whatever it is, um, because I've had enough of this <laughs> twice in you know less than 10 years. It's like every time you get to a certain point and then you get slammed right back down to starting over. And that's what I did. Um, you know, it took me about 18 months to feel confident enough that I could actually do this because, <laughs> you know, my, 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 my measure was if I could make enough money on my own as my last salary, then there's no reason for me <laughs> to go back and work for that and it took, like a good target. Right? Yeah. It took 18 months because, you know, there's a lot to learn and I was doing a lot of, you know, small off one off projects. So it's, they're like ebbs and flows. But once I hit, I was tracking it, once I hit that, I said, you know what, game's on. <laughs> and it's been 12 years later. It's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. So yeah. how has the pandemic affected you now? Because, you know, you, you, you talked about 9-11 and, you know, the downturn in the market 2008. Now, yeah, yeah, pandemic. yeah. It, yes, exactly. <laughs> so challenge number three, right? Know, so one, yeah. two, challenge number three. So yes, the pandemic did ex um, affect my business in the beginning um, because, I mean, obviously, you know, clients took a hit <laughs> and if clients take a hit then they can't pay you right mm -hmm. however what I will say is that it's very important not only as an entrepreneur but just as an individual as a professional to never put all of your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. and to always be thinking of the brand that's you so yes I have my business but then there's also Patia the brand, right? Yeah. And so I, I've, I've always done things aside from the business to establish myself as um, a center of influence or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And so those things have included teaching at colleges, doing speaking and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you this November. So before they shut down, I got a call um, from someone who wanted to refer me to the Grow with Google speaking program. So this is before pandemic, you know, someone I had worked with in the past. And she said, Patia, you know, I, I know of this opportunity. I think you would be great. Are you interested? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> right? Um, and so in the process of me going through that program and being accepted and getting my certifications and all of that, the pandemic happened. Mm. So even though my business took a hit, because I was in the process of working through becoming um, a, a Google a Google speaker, I was still able to continue as if there was no pandemic because guess what? All of these Google speaking assignments now, before they're intended to be in person, but they pivoted to them all being webinars. Mm -hmm. The demand for quality webinar programming went up. That's right. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so even though the business did suffer and we still aren't back to where we were, because of that other sort of alter ego or whatever you want to call it that I have, yeah, yeah. I was still able to do pretty well, thank God, um, because then I just, you know, started doing a lot of speaking and working with the Grow with Google team. Um, and so, you know, thankfully, I've been able to maintain um, myself because of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
So how can we, a part of why I'm doing this is really to inspire young mm-hmm. people to pursue, to, to really see who they can be. Right. You know, I'm, I'm doing this series now with women in STEM. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I want young people to see, okay, I could be like her, she looks of like Of course. Her. Right, exactly. Like so how, what, I, what advice do you have for, for um, inspiring young people to career a career like yours. I agree. I think those of us who have a platform need to use it to connect with young people. Um, I was thinking about, you know, what is the difference? Like, why do some people make it no matter what? (laughs) While others never seem to, you know, to to grab a foothold. And I think from my experience, and I'm sure you can relate to this as well, um, being immigrants and coming from a place where, yes, third world country owns struggles and challenges. That's why we're here, right? Um, That has to be acknowledged. But there's so much power in growing up and seeing people like yourself be doctors, lawyers, engineers, and maybe went to Queens College, everybody who's anybody comes from Queens College. That is a very powerful foundation to have. Mm -hmm. And so I think that those of us who have a platform absolutely need to use it to connect with young people so that they can start to see themselves in us and know that it's possible and share all of our stories in an authentic way so that they're relatable. Because I think what happens is that a lot of times once people get successful, they forget. <laughs> all of a sudden, like everything is perfect. It's like, oh, right, and I'm on top of the world and life is always great. I mean, give me a break, right? Mm-hmm. That's not how it is. And so you, you even if you are successful, I think still being relatable is very important. And definitely in your own small way, making an effort and a concerted effort, not just a one-off sort of thing to, to use your platform to connect and inspire young people. I think that's all that it is. And it's really you know? just being, like you said, authentic and right. proud of, where, of, your, of your beginnings. Being exactly. Very, like whenever I speak, I'm always saying a part of what you know, makes me who I am. It's, it's the way I grew, like where I grew up and exactly. how my, my parents came and restarted their whole career. From, from scratch. In, in, from scratch. Crazy. I mean, my mom was teaching at the teacher's college when we left right. Canada and she came and was teaching at a daycare center. Right, but, right. But, but there was no, it, they did what they had to do to get the us grit, started. The grit and the perseverance, That's absolutely. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I worry about where you start. Exactly. 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 And I think because of where you start, you can use that as a very powerful story Mm -hmm. to connect with other people who may feel that because they're wherever that they can't move forward or they shouldn't move forward. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's very important. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. So, um, what do you know now, um, that you wish you knew when you were a student back at Simmons College, trying to figure right. out, you know, where mm-hmm. you where you want to go in life. What Great do you question. Know now that you wish you knew then. Great question. I would say that sometimes more than fifty percent of your success has to do with who you know, as opposed to what mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that, so I came here when I, when we came to this country, I went into the 11th grade, even though I was only 15, <laughs> because um, 
one of, I had an uncle who worked with the Board of Ed and he told my dad, the reason why immigrant children are usually put back is because parents don't think to come with whatever transcripts you have. So they don't know what you know. So they put you backwards, you know, and of course that never works because we just excel regardless. But he told my dad, especially coming from Queens College, that he should definitely bring my transcript. Mm -hmm. And so they saw my transcript and they were like, what? <laughs> what do you mean like I should have been in ninth grade but they were like there's no way in hell that we're gonna put this girl in ninth grade right so I ended up graduating high school at 16 anyway so I think that we're so as immigrant children right so hell-bent on we gotta study we have to right we have to do well whatever and so that whole part of it um we don't really focus on the networking part and the joining of the clubs and everybody else does it. Right. But, you know, we don't really know, so you know, true. the, the clubs, like I have to make myself. Yeah. right, right. You know, and then you see people, you know, speeding ahead of you and you're like, what the heck? Right. And you know, if you've been in class with them that they may not have been that bright, but <laughs> how, and it's usually because they know the right people. It's, it's just, yeah, just, Networking right. and talking. And exactly. Talking. So the doors that you have to kick down are open for them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, I, I've learned how to do it because I had to. And so um, I, I definitely advise young people to, you know, you got to balance it. The academics are great. Absolutely. Without a question, mm -hmm. you should do well in school, but also look around you and make connections and seek mentorship, mentorship, another thing. Mm -hmm. Seek mentorship, you know, because these things become very important when you move into the world of work. Absolutely. I, I've noticed that because a lot of times I'm focusing, okay, um, this is the job. I'm really trying to be good right, exactly. the work exactly. and the systems and the process, right. you know, and then folks want, they want me to be more social and more. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. a very, very important, a very, very important part of things. And so I have an older daughter, you know, Soleil is a little one, but I have an mm -hmm. older one um, that's in her twenties and I've been, you know, pushing her to, to do more of that, mm -hmm. join clubs and go to networking and meet people mm -hmm. because go to conferences and, go to conferences yeah. and, you know, don't be afraid to get up and speak because I hear people speaking all the time. And I know you experience this as well. Sometimes they don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> but they sound like they do. And people uh -huh. believe that. Yeah, right oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know having a little bit more gumption and definitely building your network um mm -hmm. over time becomes very very important as you move along yeah 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 so um so what's next what's next for you <laughs> what's next for me <laughs> interesting um so i recently well it's been about a year and in the trajectory of this slow down by covid but myself in two other women that I know really well, we started this um, multi-ethnic mommy community called Mosaic Mommies. And so the, the goal of Mosaic Mommies is to build a really strong platform of mommy influencers who can then work together to promote products and services geared towards the mom community across all racial um, and ethnic lines. However, what we wanna do differently because this seems to be an ongoing problem is to also work with brands pre-launch or whatever to give them feedback on you know, products and services that they are gonna roll out. Because especially in the ethnic market, time and time again, we see brands you know, rolling out products that are 
culturally offensive or whatever in 2021 there's no reason why this should still be happening and it's because there's nobody sitting at the table who can say hey this is really not (laughs) right something is wrong with that Mm -hmm. um so we we've been working we you know covid kind of like knocked us off of our original goals but we're still working really hard to um do a hard launch we did a soft launch in 20 last year's 2020 we did a soft launch in 2019 at the end of 2019 at bloomingdale's mm-hmm. um with some local mommy bloggers and it was very well received right. um so hopefully by the summer we can get back more on track that and um like start up yeah, yeah 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 you know yeah. it's there's definitely a need for it um and what's different about what you know I, i've done thus far is that it's it's three of us not just one of us so oh, we can yeah. kind of share the work because it's share a lot the of work load. It makes it right so share lighter. the load it makes it so much lighter right yeah. right and yeah. and also looking forward to being able to travel again i know right Oh right gosh some kind of normalcy again. some kind of normalcy right and to go right. to music festivals oh, and museums and oh my gosh all of the I, I feel like all of the wonderful reasons why I love living in New York City they aren't here right now you know it's I like know. you're just under under lockdown right yeah so what what sets your soul on fire what what really gives you hope to press forward, you know, during these times of, of uncertainty? You know what, conversations like this, and there are a lot of conversations like this happening. There are so many brilliant people of all ages, but, you know, seeing younger people have these conversations is yeah. what really gives me hope because, you know, they're the future, you know, um, and, and especially when you have children and nieces and nephews and whatever, like you want to imagine a world that would be different for them. I don't know that it's going to be easier because the world is becoming <laughs> that more competitive. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's going to be a little different, you know, hopefully, you know, people will start learning to get along and not be so bigoted and biased. And, At you know, least now just, we're being open about race. Now we're being open yeah. about it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the starting point. But there's just so many really great conversations happening across all racial lines, all ethnic mm-hmm. lines. And it's just really refreshing. That gives me hope, you know, and I hope that it's not just an in the moment thing. And this actually becomes a consistent way of life and a way that people interact. And, you know, and it's okay to not know. Like, you know, last year with the whole BLM, BLM thing, you know, I got a lot of calls from people that were like, Patia, I'm embarrassed, but I really didn't know this or I had no idea. And that's fine, right? That's fine. It's mm-hmm. okay to not know. But then now that you do know, what you're going to do about it? What you're going to do about it? Yeah. What you're going to do about it's like, it? You know, you know? Once you know better, is it Maya Angelou that says, Yes, you know better, you have to do better. Exactly. uh, Exactly. So definitely, I I, I love that. Um, And like I said, just just learning and experiencing new things. The world is huge, humongous, right? And it's just like, you know, just incredible. There's so much to learn and experience. So (laughs) I like doing that sort of stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you for just, you know. Very welcome. This was great. Yes, when I asked to my of little course. podcast, just a <laughs> project, just to, like I said, you know, encourage some folks, let people right. know that they're, they're people of color, especially doing great things. Absolutely. And encourage 
some young person coming up behind it. Right, so. right. And there's just one thing I want to say when it comes to um, digital marketing in general and just technology in STEM. You know, we really need to understand and realize that the divide that we have um, in, in black and brown communities, especially black communities, we have to close this divide. Oh yeah, we, we cannot continue to be left behind. Because I will yeah, tell you, this. concerns me what's, what's going to happen to the kids who are supposed to be doing virtual. Oh, oh my gosh, we just have yeah. to, and there are resources out there, and there are you know tools out there to help you. We just have to learn to look, and if we don't know where to look, we just have to ask and not be yeah, embarrassed so about it. Absolutely. Right. We just have to, because even with like, you know, the, the COVID and, and, and businesses, the businesses who were able to pivot to digital, even if it took them a little bit of time, mm -hmm. they were able to pivot successfully because all along they had been doing something. <laughs> right. Right? right. The businesses who were not doing anything digital at all, unfortunately, there was nothing to pivot to. Right. Right. And I see that a lot with minority business owners. It's very sad and it's heartbreaking, but we just have to, you know, <laughs> somehow try to catch up. We have to. It seems like I need to get you and Sarah Nurse together because that's <laughs> part of what she's doing and studying um, yes. black businesses. And, and Yes, we are so behind. Yeah. We are so behind. It's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And I, I'm not really sure what that block is because sometimes I think that even when the tools, and this has happened to me a lot, even when the tools are presented, there's, there's a sort of block that's there that prevents them from moving forward. Like they just always go back to what's familiar and what's what they're comfortable with. But those things no longer work, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. There, there's a lot of work to be done there. So and yes, I, I would love to. Sarah, I would love to talk to Sarah. Yeah, I think it, that should be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> but but I yeah, I just think it's it's familiarity. It's what they what they're where they're comfortable. And it's mm -hmm. I think when you get to a certain, and I don't know if it's a generational thing as well. Maybe um, when you get to a certain point, it's like okay, I want to learn another thing. You another know? thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, but, just, but right. there's where where you need to get um, support from others to absolutely. help. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So absolutely. you can focus on on your thing, whatever that right. is. Right, right, right. Get the right. support you need to to really help you to be successful. So. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Thank you so much. You're very Hopefully welcome. Hopefully, I can get to New York sometime this summer. <laughs> Yeah. Right. That would be great. That would be an amazing thing. All righty then, Petya. Take care. Mm -hmm.